Albert Einstein said, make things as simple as possible, but no simpler. Today, Pastor Ray Bentley makes the Christian life simple. If we would live by this one royal law to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we wouldn't need all the other laws that there are. Basically, the reason we have so many laws is because nobody loves one another. And so we keep piling on more laws, trying to make them do that. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Not only does God have His eye on us all the time, so do other people. Unbelievers are constantly watching us to see what we're made of. Are we made of self-righteousness, judgmentalism, or does God's love pour out of us like a waterfall? Pastor Ray offers help today from the book of James. Let's listen. James chapter 2. As you recall, this guy James was actually the half-brother of our Lord Jesus. And he's been writing, one of the things he said recently was, don't just come, you know, hear the word, but be doers of the word. Now look, I'm a pastor, right? So I am all for people coming to church and, and you know, hearing the word. And so great, here you are. Better, way better if you do what you hear, if you apply what's being said. In fact, I would add that it is a detriment only to come listen with your ears and then walk away and not apply what you've heard. It actually kind of dulls your life or your mind or your heart. So he said, don't be like those who look into the, the mirror of the word it's like a mirror that reveals things in your life that aren't right. And the idea is not to condemn you. The idea is to convict you. And conviction means that you repent of it, which you change your mind and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Why am I acting this way? Have mercy upon me. And you receive forgiveness and you're transformed. And so he has been giving this exhortation. Now, beginning in verse 8, he says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture." And here's the royal law, and I love how he says that. It's the royal law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says if you do that, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, he also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, and mercy triumphs over judgment. All right, let's break this down a little bit. First of all, he's talking about this royal law. And the, and the royal law is love your neighbor as yourself. This is where the, the rubber meets the road, so to speak. How we treat people, God is watching. 
And God is sensitive to every human being that you come in contact with. And, and trust me, he takes it so personally, the way you treat any other human being is the way that you are, is reflecting your heart and attitude toward God himself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. There have been a lot of uh, battles fought over the Bible and people that have you know, argued over it and we have sought and, uh, to defend the Bible that it's, it's the word of God and it should be respected and revered and obeyed and, and we have apologetics about it and it's, it's got authority, it's authentic. But now, you, you know what James is saying? And I, I love this point because he's such a practical guy. Perhaps the most powerful defense that the Bible is true is those who are Christians who do what the Bible says. In other words, it's not just about winning some intellectual or philosophical argument and proving it that way. Better that we live what it says and do what it says. Jesus said, and here's a quote from him. By this shall all men know you are my disciples. What did he say? Did he say because you'll be able to answer all their questions? No, he didn't say that. Because you'll be able to, to defend everything that will be brought against my word. No. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have what? Love for one another. This is how the world will know that you follow me and that this is the way and the truth and the life that you love one another. And that will compel them. I like uh, this quote from D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a preacher in America from a generation ago. He said, every Bible should really be bound in shoe leather. You know what he meant by that? He meant that it, it should be something that we walk what we talk that we actually live what we believe. And so why is this law, love your neighbor as you love yourself, called the royal law? And I, I put here in your notes several reasons. Number one, God the lawgiver is also our king. Secondly, Jesus as Messiah king gave it to his disciples. This is how our father in heaven, our daddy in heaven wants us to treat one another. And thirdly, the spirit within us is love. The Holy Spirit that comes in your life wants to love your neighbor. That's the nature of the Holy Spirit that is in you. And it's also love thy neighbor is the royal law because it rules all other laws. In fact, Romans 13.10 says love is the fulfilling of the law. If you love, you have fulfilled all of the law's requirements. In fact, we could say this. That if we would live by this one royal law to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we wouldn't need all the other laws that there are. Basically, the reason we have so many laws is because nobody loves one another. And so we keep piling on more laws, trying to make them do that. But the main reason that this is the royal law is that the royal law, obeying this rule, makes you a king. This is how we live like uh, the Lord. This is how, this is what heaven is like. Heaven, everybody there has the nature of Jesus. Everyone there is not into themselves. They are sacrificing and giving and generous and kind and listening and compassionate and, and loving. That's why heaven is heaven. 
And how many believe we need a little bit more heaven on earth? More love. The world needs more love now. What it needs is more Christians who are actually not just here and can, you know, quote Bible verses, but live in love. Now, hatred makes a person a slave. Bitterness makes a person a slave. Love sets us free from selfishness and enables us to truly live as kings. Love, the more you love, the more you will be empowered to live all of the beautiful requirements uh, that God has given to us. And I believe we need, we need that kind of spirit and that kind of revival again. Amen? Where there's love and there's just this desire just to open our hearts to others. Now, here's one thing that I think is also important. I put into your notes. Love is an act of the will first. It is a choice. It is something that you choose to do. It is not uh, just by feelings. And this is something that I, you know, we need to clarify, especially in our Western American type culture. We talk about love and we, we don't have the full picture of what love really is. We are emotional beings, but, but love is a choice first. It is an act of will. And that's why God gave us his laws is because we are immature. And when you are young and immature, you need rules to form discipline so that then when you grow up, you don't need the rules anymore because now you have character. We are not to follow our emotions. We are to lead our hearts. You lead your heart. Well, how do I lead my heart? That's why we have a dad, our father in heaven, our father who art in heaven. Holy is your name. Lead me, father. That's why all the prayers in the Psalms are about lead me and guide me and direct me. Now, classic example. How many of you are parents and have children? Let me see how many of you are. Okay, there's lots of parents with lots of kids, right? When your kids are little, do you not have your, your house rules? Do you have your own house rules? How many have your house rules? You haven't written a best-selling you know, book on it, although you think they should. Um, you haven't, you know, you don't have a video series on it, but you got it. These are our house rules, and this is the way it's going to be. When you have little children, do you let them listen to you and obey you based on how they feel? No, you tell them, no, do it. I can remember my kids when, you know, Daniel and Ann and they're little, you know, and they, they reach, when they're real little, you just gotta, you know, say that they have to do it. And then they reach an age where they, you know, it's, it's so hilarious, where they start wanting to know why. They learn that one word and it's so powerful for them. Well, why? And so then you're feeling, okay, you're a little bit older, I'm obligated, I gotta start explaining. Well, because, and so you give your best little explanation. And you go, well, you need to do it because of da 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 And they go, well, why? And I used to get caught up into that. And I would keep going and going. And all they did was say that one word a thousand times and drove me nuts. So finally, you reach the point where, you know, and they'll say, well, I don't feel like it. How do you respond to that? You go, I don't care how you feel about it. You have to do it. Why? Because I said so, right? <laughs> because I'm dad and I'm bigger than you. <laughs> Do it. 
So they've worked you, and there, but there they are. And so, but the idea is whether you've got to, you know, you don't do make your room or your bed or brush your teeth when and how and if you feel like it, you do it out of a discipline. There are rules because they're young and immature, they don't know how to do it. But then you hope that when they grow up uh, <laughs> and they're 30 years old, that they don't have to be told to shower and brush their teeth. And now they have certain disciplines that are in their life. They don't need the rules because they have matured. That's why God gave the law. The law was uh, for us for a time in our immaturity and our rebellion and to expose all of that. But then here when, you know how David in the Psalms, he says, I delight in thy laws. I love thy laws. And for us Westerners, we think law, and we think, I, I don't get that. I cannot connect emotionally with, you know, delighting in, meditating in, and loving laws. We think of, you know, laws like don't drive over 55 miles an hour. And what, what the word law, I want you to replace the word law whenever you see it in that way, because what it means is teaching. The laws of God are really the Father's Counsel, the Father's wisdom, the Father's advice, the Father's teaching. This is the way to be happy, kids. This is the way to live. This is the way to treat one another. This is the way to love. This is the way to peace. This is the way to every dream you've ever had in your life. And when you now, you're no longer young and immature, but you've grown up, and those disciplines have yielded fruit in your life, and it works, and you've tested it and learned by experience because you've done it. Now it's no longer theoretical. I know that this is true because I've lived it, and it works. There's nothing more powerful than that. And now I delight in your teachings, O Lord. I have learned so much wisdom. You have blessed me so much. So that's what he is trying to share. And he is also sharing that, you know, when we come to the Bible, you can't, it's not a uh, cafeteria style. Well, these are the parts I like, and these are the parts I don't like. Here's what I agree with, here's what I don't agree with. That, that's total chaos. So here's what they were doing. They were going, look, I didn't murder anybody, and I'm not committing adultery, but you know what? There's some people I just can't stand, and he's going, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to honor all the laws of God. You, you, great, good that you don't murder people now that you're coming to church. Good, you're not committing adultery and now you're loyal in your marriage. But you also cannot use that as an excuse to show favoritism and to push people aside. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, right? Because this, this Jewish guy comes up to him and he says, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he goes, what else? And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He goes, oh, these I've done my whole life. And Jesus goes, well, then good. He knew that there was more. And the guy goes, okay, here's my question. Who's my neighbor? Because in the heart of this man, there were people he didn't like, that he didn't want to have to reach out to, uh, that made him uncomfortable, maybe prejudices he had. And that's when Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the end of the moral of that story was your neighbor that you and I are to love is anybody that comes across your path who is 
broken, beat up, thrown into the ditch, and in need. Anybody, even if they're not your culture, even if they're not your ethnicity, even if they're not a believer like you. Anybody who is in need, you are to love them. If they are a human being, saved or not, they are made in the image of God, and you are to love them, amen? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray's homecoming to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. We love you, Pastor Ray, and we miss you. What a blessing that we were all able to hear and experience God through his passion for the word and his ability to simplify and make things humorous and fun. I miss his contagious laugh. He had the best laugh. God, please be with his family and friends. At Maranatha Radio, the love and support the Bentley family have received is overwhelming and very much appreciated. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Do you know what? I believe guaranteed that God has an, a set in your life. People like that story who are beat up, have been abused by life, and they just happen to have been thrown in the ditch in the very alley you're walking down or the street you're walking down. And that is an opportunity as God watches from heaven, what will they do? And you know, the story was the priest, the religious guy, he, he saw the guy and walked across the street and went around. The Levite, who also should have known better, walked across the street and went around. The Samaritan, who does not have the faith of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he walks over and he says, look at this guy, he's been, been beat up. He picks up his little head. Uh, he checks him out. Um, he, he finds out what's broken. He wakes him up. He lifts him, he carries him. He puts him on his little donkey and he walks. He puts the guy on the donkey and lets the donkey walk and he takes him to an inn and he says, take care of this guy. And here's some money, I want you to feed him, I want you to clothe him, and I want him to stay here until he gets good enough to be on his own feet. And if he needs more, you know I pass this way as a businessman all the time, and you know I'm good for it, I'll pay for whatever extra is needed. Jesus said, that's my guy. And you know, look at all the ministries that have come, how many that are called Samaritan, Good Samaritan, or Samaritan's Purse, even Franklin Graham has that have come out of one story. And by the way, I believe that was a true story. There really will be, and we'll meet him in heaven, that Samaritan guy that touched millions of people's lives. So we have to love one another, and uh, we have to love by choice. And we don't have the option of not loving people. Love builds up, hate tears down. Now look with me in verses uh, 12 and 13. And this is an important one, the judgment of God that is coming. Verse 12, he says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
James says, don't you guys understand one day we are going to stand before God and give an account of our lives and for the deeds that we have done. The good news is not just that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for you and he paid for your sins and he's risen and you can accept him into your heart and be forgiven and go to heaven. Yes, that is the good news. But the good news is also we're going to stand before God one day and be judged. Now, why is that good news? Let me tell you why you don't have to be afraid. When I say that we as believers are going to be judged by God, I do not mean that we are going to be judged for our sins. In fact, I tell you this, if you're a believer this morning, you will never be judged for your sins for all of eternity. Why? Because Jesus already was judged for our sins 2,000 years ago. They were judged once, once for all. How many find that extremely good news? Praise God. Okay, so Pastor Ray, what are you talking about then? What is this judgment? I'm talking about not your sins, but your deeds, your, our works will, will be presented in some way. Paul describes it. We don't know exactly how this will be, but he says somehow our deeds are placed before the throne of God as our sacrifice to him. And this fire consumes, and, and if it's gold and silver, they're purified, they remain, and you are rewarded. But those deeds that were done in the flesh or out of wrong motive or selfish, they are like wood, hay, and stubble. So you know what happens to wood, hay, and stubble in the uh, fire, it turns into smoke. I've had it described kind of this way, that we, we all have a tape of our lives, a tape where everything in our lives has been recorded. Now, don't be terrified because the good news is, you know, there was this guy and the, the story goes that he, he goes and the angel tells him, yeah, we've got a tape of your entire life. Everything in your whole life is recorded on the tape and now it's gonna be played before the angels and all, everybody in heaven's gonna see that. You're gonna, oh no. And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. He goes, you know, all, all the sins that you did, some blood got spilled on all those parts and they've totally been erased. You're like, yeah! So you go on and, and so your life comes. Have you ever thought about the tape of the guy that, that was the thief on the cross next to Jesus? What's his tape gonna be? It's gonna be really short because he never did anything good except while he's hanging on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And, that, and then the tape's done, it's ended. He never got to, he didn't, look at this poor guy. He, he was on the cross. He didn't get a chance to join a church. He never got a chance to get baptized. He never wrote a tithe check or sent money to missions or did any good deeds. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. So Paul says that some will enter heaven. When this guy, his judge, you know, his deeds are judged or whatever, it's like, poof, it'll be just a puff ball of fire and then, I just see this guy and he's kind of like a little black patches on him, smoke coming off and goes Whoo -hoo -hoo, and he runs in. But he made it. He made it, man, he's in. Now, hopefully that's my weird imagination. But anyway, hopefully our lives will have a little bit more on it than that. Pastor Ray Bentley. Getting back to the essentials of living our daily lives with a heavenly perspective. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Living Faith. 
If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his book called As the Days of Noah, a prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full series called The Elijah Chronicles. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.